0: Welcome to the business of being healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I'm obsessed with showing high achievers how to level up their performance without sacrifice. Together through real life experience and guest expert knowledge, we push aside the BS to take massive intentional action. By tuning in twice a week, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for, filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health you deserve while you are building your empire. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Business of Being Healthy. My name is Shelley Bryan. I'm your host today, and I am just thrilled to have on somebody that i have actually looked up to i don't think she knew this till we ran into each other at an event earlier this year or, or late last year in 2022 um that i had actually been following her fitness journey when she was competing but i am you know excited to welcome ashley weens to our podcast today. And she is an online nutrition and fitness coach and personal trainer who specializes in neuromuscular re-education to help clients build lean muscle, lose body fat, and get out of pain through corrective exercise. Now, Ashley has over six years experience with working as a, hel- a health and fitness coach, and she's helped thousands of clients. She's a former D1 college basketball athlete and IFBB figure pro, a cover model. And we already love her because she has dogs. So we know that she's a good person because she's a dog person. Sorry, cat people out there. I just... I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So Ashley, welcome to the show. Excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, really excited to be part of
1: today's podcast. Um, so a little bit about me. I got started in fitness as a young athlete. I did volleyball, basketball track growing up, ended up pursuing basketball in college, um, ended up having a knee injury that ended my basketball career, uh, my junior year. And then kind of, I'm a firm believer in things happening for a reason, because that knee injury led me down the path of coaching division one basketball, which got me into competing in bodybuilding, which then brought me to Arizona and I met my husband here. and. You know all the things that I'm doing now as a health and fitness coach were because of the trajectory of that injury leading me into different avenues in fitness. So um, I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Even my journey throughout competing, everything happened how it was supposed to, so I can best help the clients that I'm working with now.
0: Isn't it funny how like sometimes when we're experiencing things, it like as they're happening, we're like, what? the heck is going on here. Um, but then once you get through it, you're like, Oh, that's why, that's why I was put on this path. I got it. You know, a hundred percent. I, I feel like the extremes and the craziness that I went through throughout
1: my competing journey. Um, even like my injuries in basketball, um, they molded me and they helped me go through the hardships that I needed to go through so that
0: I can best be the coach for the people that I work with now. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, let's talk a little bit about your competing. I mean you've been competing right, like college basketball athlete, and then now you turned your competition over to fitness competition for a little bit and then now on to your business. So tell us a little bit about I, I just really love to share with our listeners about your fitness competition journey, kind of how it started and then how you decided to uh, finish it off.
1: Yeah, I would love to share that. Um, So I actually got interested in competing because of my knee injury. Um, I was told by my team physician that I couldn't do anything high impact as far as cardio went. um, And I could do bodyweight exercises for the the next eight months. Um, Knowing what I know now, I know that I could have done things differently. But that's what he told me. And so I was like, okay, I need to focus on something that I can do that is low impact so i did do like basically walking and low impact forms of cardio like the bike and i just really honed in on eating well because i knew nutrition was going to be the number one thing that would save my body from like gaining a bunch of weight because i was a college athlete used to working out three hours a day and then i got very interested in at the time i don't know why this happened i mean i think it was just inevitable that was supposed to happen but everything i was seeing on social media was competitions and people doing bodybuilding. I was like, Oh my gosh, I need the next thing to help me be competitive. Cause I've always had something to strive for, to work towards. So I decided I'm going to do a bikini competition. So when I was cleared by my physician, I would set out that I got my very first gym membership. I walked into 24 hour fitness in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I was like, I am going to do a show. And so from that point on, I was like the student of bodybuilding, I looked up everything online that I needed to know to get my body to look like a bikini competitor. Um, I used my degree. um, So I was a dietetics major. um, And I used my knowledge of dieting to lose the weight. And I was like, Hey, everyone else is doing a 12 week prep, I can do a 12 week prep. So basically, from the day that I decided to do a competition, I built this 12 week program for myself. So nothing crazy. I mean, I think I started out about 2000 calories and slowly tapered my food down to about 1500 calories. Did only about three 25 minute cardio sessions a week. And those were like leisurely cardio, like walking, Stairmaster, just like very low intensity. And I weight trained four, five, six times a week, depending on, I think it was more four times. And then at the beginning, and then towards the end, I was like, oh, I need to be doing this more because I need to build more muscle. The more is better. Yeah. I picked a show date, went to some local like posing seminars, and I was like, i'm going to do a bodybuilding show and it for me, it totally started off as like the, the thing that I needed to do to be competitive again and do something to kind of give myself a goal to work towards to get in the best physical shape. Um, I thought I was going to be a one and doneer. I thought I would do one show and that would be it, and I'd reach my goal and I'd move on to the next thing, but throughout the first show journey. I did my first show and I ended up placing like second in my open class and first in my novice class. And I just was like hooked. Like it was like this is the next thing. I'm gonna do the next one. I'm gonna I want to win an overall show and then maybe I'll do nationals from there. So what I thought because I was super new in the sport that I'm like, okay, all the people that are winning have coaches. So I need a higher coach. So I hired a local coach that was really well known in the in the Fort Collins area. And he immediately put me on a, a, a meal plan that was like 1200 calories. And I did two hours of cardio a day. Like it was like, I feel like zero to a hundred <laughs> <Like, laughs> completely different than my first prep. <laughs> it didn't feel like that. It was zero to a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, two hours of cardio a day. How am I going to do that? But I, I ended up working it out and I went into the next show and, um, I ended up winning the overall. Um, and, then I was like, okay, what's next? So I went into the next show and um, it was actually, I gave myself about a six month prep. So this is my first experience of actually prepping for a show and then trying to reverse out of the show. I had never reversed. I had never done extremes. Um, so my coach was like, well, we need to, we need to bulk. We need to gain all this weight so we can put on some muscle so that we, when we go to nationals, you have more muscle and you're going to be competitive because the girls there have more muscle. So i bulked he gave me this meal plan that was like three times the amount of food i was eating it was more food than i was even eating before i competed um i went from doing two hours cardio today uh, a day to 20 minutes uh, and leisurely cardio and then the the purpose of was of my weight training shifted to strength so we're going to try to build as much muscle as possible so through that process i think i had like a six month off season i gained about 30 pounds from my stage weight which was probably around similar weight that I gained uh, that I was at before prepping. Um, but I went from being like the fittest I'd ever been to feeling like, Oh my gosh, people are going to think I just ate whatever. Cause like, I definitely don't feel fit. <laughs> then I did my next show and it was my first national show, which was a huge learning curve. Cause I walked in and I'm competing against the best of the best in the whole U S and I got, 15th or 16th place I forget what it was at that time which basically everybody who got 15th or 16th place was last place yes. um, I was in third call out so I think it was legitimate probably like 15th or 16th and then everybody after me was tied with that same number um I got smoked from I went from winning an overall to like everything with my presentation could have been wrong like my, my posing was terrible my hair was bad my makeup was bad my suit was bad just was like a huge learning experience but going into that next prep, we still did the extremes, right? So it was still two hours of cardio. And then my food slowly tapered down. So it didn't start at 1200 calories, but it's it started around like 18 and then slowly tapered down over the course of like a four month prep. Then my feedback was, okay, you, you are not lean enough and your stage presence needs to be better. So we went from that show to two months later doing another show. And it was two hours of cardio, 1200 calorie diet. All the way up to that next show so for four or two months i was doing the extremes um i'd actually quit working my so this is kind of a crazy story but um the coaching team i was coaching for colorado state at the time they were doing a foreign exchange tour so we had a lot of athletes that were based in europe and they were doing a tour and that tour happened to to interfere with the show that i was planning on doing for my second national show so i quit my job because Competing to me was so important. I wanted to become an IFBB pro so bad. I quit my job coaching and I work, I got hired at a vitamin shop and I worked at a vitamin shop until like, because the, the, the goal of me winning my IFBB pro card was so important to me at the time that that's all I wanted.
0: Isn't it funny though, Ashley, how we, how we can like, when it comes to our health and like physical look, we can get to such extremes, right? And I hope yeah. the listeners right now are catching this. Like, you know, she's giving you her journey to becoming an an IFBB pro, but like it's the 1800 calories down to 1200 calories. It's the two hours of cardio. Have any of you listening right now, like ever had that same mindset of extremes, right? Like I have to do this to get this. And that is the only way. Sorry to interrupt you. I just, it's, you're seeing a trend here and I wanted everyone to make sure they're catching it. It's totally a great point because
1: I don't think we realize sometimes like When we want something so bad that we, we overlook the overall healthy aspect of what we got into the sport to do. I was like, I got into this to get in the best shape of my life. I'd already achieved that goal. And then my next goal was to become a pro and to become a pro, I was doing these crazy things I would have never done before. Like Mm -hmm. never done. So when I worked at the vitamin shop, I was, it was a retail job. I was on my feet for 10 hours a day. So first thing I did in the morning, I woke up at 4am, did my hour fasted cardio worked out. No, sorry. did my hour fasted cardio, drove home. Ate breakfast, drove right back to the gym, worked out, did my second hour cardio. Then I went and did my 10 hours on my feet of my retail job. So I was doing about 27,000 steps a day at this point.
0: Oh my gosh. Every
1: day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the craziness. I did this podcast with Jeremy Scott a while back and I was telling him I had the one meal I looked forward to on this prep was I had a granny Smith apple, fifteen almonds, and two caramel rice cakes. It was a snack, okay? and i didn't i didn't have a measurement for the apple so i would find the biggest apple <laughs> yeah and i would go to five stores because i wanted the biggest apple and like sprouts sometimes have these little tiny granny smith apples and i was like no no no, no. like i get one apple a day i'm gonna have the biggest apple
0: yeah and so i would go
1: i would go find the biggest apple and he's like that is nuts actually and i'm like i know i was nuts at that point but is consistent.
0: <laughs> but you're so focused. You're so focused. And like you have that competitive background from college that I'm yeah. sure started when you were young. And yeah. then you just took that competitive nature over to yeah, you know, your fitness competitive nature. And it just it's only you at that point. Like you don't have your basketball team. It is mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And it everything's on you at that point. So it's like for me,
1: I knew there's no way I was deviating from my plan. I followed everything to the teeth. So I was consistent with how I did every single thing, everything, my whole entire day. Like I, I would go to five stores to find the right apple because I was eating that same size apple my whole prep. And yeah, same with like other foods I ate. Um, and then I went into that next show and I, w- I won my pro card. So I was like, this is what it takes to be successful in this sport. Then unfortunately after that show, I didn't have the same reverse experience so i didn't hear anything from my coach so i was like i had no idea what to do i'm like okay do i just jump back into my old reverse like what do i do so i didn't hear anything from him um and i ended up gaining you know like the 30 pounds plus 10 more this next time right so i gained 40 pounds up from over the course of four to five months um slowly tapering my food back up still working out but i'm like i guess maybe at the pro level i need to grow a little bit more so i got to bulk again no (laughs) It have stayed the same. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know things completely different now. But that's like what extremes do, right? It's like we do yeah. these extremes. And then like at the end, like who has done listening, like some like six month plan, and then it's like you're done, and you don't have any guidance on what to do next. It's like, okay, now we're back off, then we're back on. Now we're back off. Yeah, and this is I had I shared the same similar experience after my first competition. I did not compete at anywhere near the level of Ashley. I want to be very clear in sharing that. I did compete, but not like Ashley. And I remember after my first prep, I gained 40 pounds because I was like, Coach, what do I do? Oh, go have fun. Okay, here we go. And 40 pounds. And it took a year to get that off. But go ahead. yeah, Keep going. And we'll... Yeah, we'll get into that because... like.
1: the the trajectory of like the the longevity because I competed for six years. So like, you know, over time, things start to change. And so it was after this fourth show that I did that things really started to change for me. So I hired another coach and I was like, okay, I got to prep for my bikini pro debut because I turned pro in bikini and I started the next prep. And there were some things that were a little off. Like I, like I was working, um, super early, like I was before, but No matter how much sleep I got, no matter how much food I was eating, this is even before prep started, I woke up and I just felt like I was always tired. And so I was like, something's off. So I got my blood work done. No testosterone, no estrogen, no progesterone. My thyroid was in the tank. Like literally, I was like, I was trying to like pull a car uphill, like trying to go about my day to day. And so I worked with the hormone clinic, um, got my levels back to regular. And then I was actually in the process of prepping for my pro debut. And The coach I was working with still kind of like the old school bodybuilding type. We went from, you know, I did the two hours a day to this guy. I worked, I did three 45 minute cardio sessions. So two and a half hours of cardio a day is what I was doing or two hours and 15. Yeah. And then I was on an 800 calorie diet this time around
0: starvation.
1: Yeah. I just, like, and that was a towards the very end. So my whole prep wasn't like that, but I macro dieted this time. So it was a little bit easier because like, I got to choose the foods I ate till the very end. And, but didn't matter. I mean, like, that's just not even enough to, to live. Like it's not even enough to sleep. Like I need to eat more calories than that just laying on my couch every day. And then on top of it, the amount of physical stress I was putting in my body, the reason I looked so puffy is because my body was stressed to the max. And my mindset was always more is better less food is better like i got to do the extremes to be the best like if i don't do these extremes like i did the last two shows there's no way i'm going to do well at the pro level cuz this is what it ter- took to turn pro um i did that show and i i had hesitations going into it like i'm not ready i don't even look as good as i did at my first national show no way am i going to be competitive going into a pro show um i got smoked like it was i shouldn't have even done the show um hindsight did blood work again, things were off. So I decided I needed to take a whole different approach, a whole different perspective, take a year off, get my hormones regulated. At this point, I mean, it had been that whole year, I hadn't had a cycle the whole year. Um, Mm -hmm. And I ended up working with a different coach um, who was more macro based, had a more like overall like health perspective. Um, But he thought hey your body type is not supposed to be bikini your body type is supposed to be figure based off of your bone structure we need to switch divisions and i was like um do you know who miss olympia is and figure like i do not look anything like her this is going to be nuts like you're crazy yeah. But he's like pose figure um and that's what we're going to change your, your training towards because bikini you're going to be a thousand calorie diet two hour cardio day girl and long term that's not what your body wants to be you're fighting your genetics So I really appreciated that feedback. I was super scared because I was like, okay, I had never dreamed to look like that. But okay, let's game on. I want to be an IFBB pro and I want to be competitive. Let's do it. So at this time, you know, I'm I'm running my business still doing in-person training. I had switched um, throughout because I loved bodybuilding so much. Uh, And I degree was in dietetics. I wanted to switch to um, fitness and nutrition to help people make lifestyle changes and to help them to create a better physique in a sense, like my goal was like lifestyle transformation at that point. Like I was like, I want to help people through nutrition and working out, change the way they look and feel good about their bodies. Right. And for me, I, that was like, okay, well, I can give people a meal plan. I can get people workouts and they're going to look good because this worked for me, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the sustainability mindset of me, like it was not there because I was an extremist. Why can't you do this? Why can't you follow this and be as regimented as me was my mindset with people when I first started coaching was well, easy for me. That's my goal. Now I'm in a whole different state. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, well, yeah, it shouldn't be so extreme. It should be fun. It should be able to be like balanced. But, you know, throughout the next few years, that whole perspective changed. So um, this was around 2016. I switched from bikini to figure. Um, was going through a terrible breakup at the time. And I was like, you know what? My coach lives in Arizona. Let's just up and move to Arizona because I want to be the best. I need to be around my coach. I need to be training around athletes that are like me in a state that's like me in a gym where people are, are going to be successful in this
0: sport. I want to, I want to pause you right there because that is a super important point that, and we hear this in business all the time, right? And it's in the health. It's in, it's in everything is that who you surround yourself with. Is either going to support you and lift you up, or they are going to pull you down? And so, yeah. like making that decision to make the move. And the reason I hope you guys heard that I would even like reverse back or rewind back to hear that why she made the choice to move here. She knew the benefits that would come with it when she surrounded herself with those people. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, it's okay. I mean, it's totally true. The like who you surround yourself with, and you'll hear this later in the story too, but it's totally vital for your success. Like if you're around people are bringing you down, you're never going to reach that high level because those people are bringing you down. And so I needed to be around like-minded people that had the similar goals that were training for a similar purpose. Even if it was a different division, I wanted to be around the best of the best. So I moved to Arizona and then I was running my own business in Colorado before doing extremely well because I had left 24-hour fitness. I think I skipped over all that, but I moved um, when I turned pro, I worked out of a 24-hour fitness as my first training job. Um, I'm gonna rewind a little bit. Um yeah. my first month I did like 90 sessions, uh, second month I did 120 sessions a month. Then my third month I did 160 sessions a month, and I was like, there was no going up from there. It was like I'd reached what I could maximally make as a trainer at 24 Hour Fitness, unless I wanted a management role. So then I decided to leave 24 Hour Fitness and then do independent contracting. So then to run my own business paying rent out of a different gym. Did that really successfully while I was prepping for those shows in Colorado. And then when I chose to leave, I was like, okay, sweet. I can build the same successful model somewhere in Arizona, transition all my in-person people that I had in Colorado to online because online training was a kind of a whole new thing at this time. But I, I transitioned everyone to online and then moved to Arizona. And I was like, I'll just do my online business and, and work out here. And all, my goal of like what I'm going to do in my day-to-day is going to be bodybuilding. And then I can make my money doing online. Great. best best of both worlds. Moved to Arizona. And then the gym that I was out of, uh, they needed help because they had won two Miss Olympias that year. So I started working for the gym, um, started working for their online business, as well as their in-person business, started running a group class there while I'm prepping for my figure pro debut, all of this, right? So I'm working um, about 55 sessions a week at the time, prepping for figure pro debut. And I did that. I did, I think like three shows that year, did extremely well in figure. Um, this is, was a, probably the most balanced approach I had with competing. I didn't do crazy extremes. Um, macro dieted my whole prep, did a lot of HIIT cardio, which for my body now, knowing how my body responds to cardio is not the best just because it puts a lot of stress and wear and tear on my joints. Um, but that's what I needed to do well in figure. So, um, I looked extremely well, the guidance and being around the right people helped me, you know, do very well in figure, especially just being a brand new figure pro. So if you're not aware of bodybuilding, you can transition or cross over as a pro to a different division. So I turned pro bikini, transitioned to figure, did my first ever figure show as a pro. And that was scary. (laughs) Um, But at the time, I mean, I was just slammed busy because the gym I was working for, they just, the reason I started doing in person again, it was never to move here to do in person. It was to they needed help with the class. I ran the class. People in the class liked me. People wanted to work with me one-on-one outside of the class. And then they needed help with online. So then I just got super, super busy in my day-to-day at that gym, working for somebody else. While my goal is to you know, be a top-figure pro. So I took a back burner to what I wanted to do professionally in my career, um, which is growing my online platform, um, to work for this company because I felt like I was indebted and I owed it to my coach or my team for the gym that I was, you know, an athlete for, um, fast forward to how I met James, which I did my first fit in 2018. Um, and through that conference, I was like, yeah, I want to do my own thing. Like, why am I working for somebody else? And at that gym, I, it was a 50, 50% com- uh, commission split. So the gym made 50%. I made 50%. There was no going up for how much I was working. I had maxed out with what I was able to do. Um, another scenario, like 24 hour fitness, I left 24 hour fitness. I joined the mastermind group and James James had a mastermind group that year. I joined it to basically give myself permission to leave the gym, to go
0: off and do independent and do my own thing. But that was in 2019, I ended up doing that. So I want to point that out to the listeners again, that you made a choice to go surround yourself with people that were going to lift you up. And she keeps saying James, Ashley keeps saying James, that's um, a mutual uh, contact that we both know a great person, James Patrick, he is a phenomenal photographer, um, and the best in his space by far. So um, I love that you joined this mastermind with James.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's how we met. So it was Mm -hmm. like,
0: like virtually, I mean, we met, but like through like following
1: and then we met in person through going to that conference. But, um, yeah, so it was crazy. So when I joined the mastermind group, I knew already what I needed to do based off of my conversations with the business coaching with, with James, but I needed the permission from the group basically to tell me that it was okay to leave the gym. And then to pursue what I wanted to do business wise so that I could be successful. And at the same point, um, I did more shows in 2019. I did three more shows. And at that point, like I had done some crazy, pr- like long preps. And I, at this um, since 2015, I hadn't had a cycle. And then it was 2019. Um, and so I had been basically doing back-to-back shows with two three-month prep or, you know, off-seasons. that weren't really off-seasons. It was just enough to kind of get my food back up to a little bit of maintenance calories so that I could dive back into the next prep.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: had super, like, I didn't have a consistent cycle. I didn't even have a cycle for probably that whole entire time. And then 2019, I feel like I had reached my maximum potential as a figure athlete with what I was willing to do in the sport. Um, and I had put on the most muscle. I felt like I could put on my frame. I was the leanest that I could be that's posing that I could be. And I felt like, you know what? I wanted to be a top Olympian in figure, but maybe that's not what my calling is supposed to be, because I feel like this is taking me away from some of my other personal goals. So I decided to kind of hang up my, my heels, um, at the end of that last show, we actually had a. Pretty pivotal moment for me. We went to um it was a retreat in LA for the mastermind group. And it was during that time that I had met um actually Tiffany.
0: Yeah, Tiffany Carter. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tiffany Carter. Yeah. She's another amazing like businesswoman. Um, love her. But she to- she had shared her story and that super like resonated with me. It was like, I am literally just experiencing the same thing that you went through. And why? Why am I like stressing out so much about what my physical external appearance looks like for what gratification? I don't even get to enjoy life living this con- like crazy contest prep lifestyle. It's like you go travel, but you're traveling for a show and you don't even get to enjoy anything outside of the show because you're... It's not like you're going to enjoy the food or anything. No. I feel <laughs> like the next day you're right back on an airplane going back to Arizona. And I'm like, okay, so why am I doing that? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I get to be some type of an influencer, but who am I influencing people who are doing the extremes? That is not me. That is not my calling. That is not what I want to do. I'm not being, I'm not being like authentic to why I started my journey. And so I had to take a step back and be like, okay, who do you want to help? What's your ideal client? What is my message that I'm sharing right now? It's extremes and deprivation and like this unbalanced lifestyle. And I'm like, that is not me. That's not what I want to preach. It's not what I want to portray. So I chose to basically take a step back and realize, okay, so I haven't had a cycle in four or five years. I need to go and get my hormones redone, check on all my levels. And I actually need to get my body fat up to a high enough percentage to where having a cycle is normal because I was so lean for so long that my body physically was not fit to reproduce, which is why the cycle stopped.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I, over probably six months, gained 30 pounds again. So this crazy yo-yo, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I had way more muscle on my frame, but I just honestly got to a point where, like when I was doing figure, I was 147 pounds on stage, shredded. Wow. When I gained that weight, I was 177 pounds with muscle, but I had all this fat on top of it. So I just felt like an imposter in my body. Like, Mm. here I am this coach, right? So this is like the mind shift change. Here I am this fitness professional. I do not feel fit. I have all of this body fat on top of all this muscle. I do not look like a health and fitness coach. I feel like I am such a hypocrite to all of my weight loss clients. You know, here I am dealing with something that's extremely important in the overall, like scheme of things is like internal health.
0: That was not matching up to what my external appearance looked like. And so it was all during COVID. I want to touch on that just really quick. And I want you to continue on. And I really hope the listeners are, are, I'm going to help kind of summarize a lot of these great, like little tidbits that you're sharing just of your journey, right? And, and get to the point where you are now. Because as we talked about before, Ashley, right? Like all of these experiences are happening for you to get you to understand where your calling is and where you can serve best. But one of the points that you just shared is, is that, that mindset shift of, Lost confidence, right? It sounds like when you gained weight. And that is something that we talk about, or I am so passionate about too, is health isn't only physical appearance. I know everyone thinks like, oh, it's only just losing weight. Health is not physical appearance, right? That The fact that your physical appearance can make you lose confidence, but the confidence is what we want to get back regardless of how your body looks, right? And you want to feel good and feel empowered and feel like you can go do stuff. But because you were getting healthy by actually gaining weight, I want you guys to hear that. She was getting healthy by gaining weight. And we're going to dive into hormones and stress because you know my story on stress. And so I really want to dive into that. But it's that, that the fact that you had to gain weight to get healthy kind of teetered with your confidence a little bit.
1: Well, yeah. And it's because like, I, I've been in this industry for so long that was based off of how lean you could be and how muscular you could be. And that external appearance is what you're judged on. And that's what basically provides you self-worth in that industry, right? And so like, even when you're the leanest, you still aren't satisfied with your body because you're comparing yourself against someone who's leaner than you. And so when I'm gaining weight for physical health purposes, I'm like, this is COVID, it's perfect. Gyms are shut down. Best time to gain weight, you know? And people are here, like, I, ha- I I stopped posting anything on social media for a long time, because I was like, I don't want people to just think like, I'm eating whatever to gain weight, I was eating healthy foods, But the purpose of that weight gain was to get my hormones in check. And then over, you know, the course of once I had gained weight to actually get a cycle back, I got my cycle back. And then my, my goal was, okay, I got to keep this for a few months, then I'm going to slowly put myself in a deficit. I had stopped working out as much because I needed to stop exercising so much and doing so much cardio so that I could maintain my cycle because I was overdoing things. So then I slowly started to add in a little bit of exercise, a little bit of cardio, tapered my calories down so that I could slowly lose one to two pounds a month. Wow. Wow. It took me about two years to take the weight off, but now I'm in like a body that I've always dreamed of living in and doing it in a way that's not crazy extreme. I do workouts three, four times a week. And I do cardio 20 minutes, three to four times a week.
0: Um, another 20 minute or 20 minute or do you yes. guys see that? Like you see me on social, like I'm like 20 minutes done. And sometimes it's a 10 minute walk with my dog. It's not even on actual cardio equipment. Sometimes I go on two, two, 10 minute
1: walks after meals. Um, it is something that I like doing, not something I force myself to do. God, I love I that. think cardio, it should be, it's fitness in general should be, a form of enjoyment, right? A form of stress relief. And sometimes, yeah, we're not going to be motivated to go to the gym, but we feel always feel better when we do. But now fitness is something that I use as like uh, my mental therapy. Um, I go to a gym and I lift in a way that makes me feel good, not based off of how I think I need to look for a certain division that I'm trying to fit into. I'm not fitting into somebody else's box anymore. I'm fitting into what is authentically me What's the body I want to live in? How do I want to feel? And how do I want to be able to best serve the people I work with? And if it doesn't reach all those goals, then it's not for me anymore.
0: I love that. Let's just pause for a minute and everybody rewind. Go listen to that little bit that Ashley just shared because that that is the the ultimate goal. That is where we, we need to be. And I know that you and I are so passionate about... No extremes, right? Like it's not the extremes. It is about the lifestyle. And I want you to share a little bit more about your business now, right? And how you coach your clients because you also have a really very cool and innovative tool that you use called New Fit. So share us a little bit about your business and then tell us about New Fit. So during COVID, I actually was like stressed
1: like most trainers. Like the gyms are shut down. What am I gonna do? Um I got introduced their part of my fitness journey um, I had an injury that basically my left quad was atrophied um, I couldn't activate the lateral left left side of my quad and so I found this device called the newbie from a company called newfit and I used it to stimulate muscle activation on my lateral left quad boom one session I was able to activate muscles that had been not able to work from an injury that I'd had then my quad started to look the same Symmetrical, perfect just what I needed for the, the division I was competing in. So that was my first introduction to NewFit. During COVID, I was like, how am I going to pivot to be able to train my in-person clients without any equipment? Because there's no equipment available. I bought a newbie and I became a certified uh, new fit practitioner with recovery and a level one practitioner to train people with. And I pivoted my whole business to being a new fit practitioner. And I would say 90% of my current clientele use the newbie right now because it helps them. uh, It's a neuromuscular education device that puts direct current into the body. It's different than a TENS unit because TENS units are alternating current, which means the current goes back and forth between pads. This one has an input and an output. So there's constant flow. And the reason why it's beneficial to have a direct current device is you can control the frequency you're putting into the body to either lengthen muscles that are too tight or shorten muscles that are too long.
0: Wow. Okay. It
1: speeds up corrective exercise by helping with better postural alignment. If like your chest is tight, you can put a frequency in that's going to lengthen it while you train. And then if you're trying to build muscle at a more rapid rate, you can put pads on the muscles you're training and get even more muscle stimulation with using the device while training than you could on your own. And then I also do a master reset, which gets people's um, central nervous system into a state of parasympathy, which is more rest and digest versus sympathy, which is the fight or flight state, which most of us are in a very stressed state. So a lot of my clients will come in, first 10 minutes of a session, we'll do a master reset, get their body into a less stressed state. Then we'll go through training, their body responds better because we dropped the cortisol at the beginning. Um, So it's totally pivoted my business. Um, I have not, I did not at the time realize the investment that I was making in my business in 2020 that would take me to where I am at now. Um, I've like tripled my income monthly. Like each month I've tripled my income from when I first got the device. Uh, It's just blows my mind. But the the thing that's not even like, I didn't necessarily see it being such a income thing for me. It was, I'm able to help people who aren't able to activate muscles before I'm able able to help people who are in so much physical pain that they didn't even want to walk into a gym now. And then now they're training pain-free. So it's just life changing. And so I feel like, with what I do and the trajectory that my whole contest prep and that experience took me to was to bring me to Arizona to meet my husband
0: and <laughs> then also um, become a, a new fit practitioner and to help
1: people through neuromuscular education.
0: That's absolutely incredible. And it's like your injuries while they were a setback are a giant leap forward now because of the knowledge and experience that you gained navigating them. Yes. Now, I want to jump in a little bit, Ashley, about... Because we, we've touched on the word stress a few times. Yes. You just talking about the new fit and how that works and reducing your cortisol, getting into the parasympathetic versus sympathetic. Like let 's dive there, because listeners, you know if you 've been following me on social media or listening to the show, you know I lost my eyesight due to stress, one hundred percent due to stress, so I am blind in my left eye, um, I am healthy for the quote of being healthy, but the more that I talk about it, the more that I realize and I mean, I personally understand how important stress is in your overall health, but actually i'd love for you to share your experience with stress and how you're navigating it now when you're not only working with clients but running a business. So like you were had the pressure of competing and now you have the pressure of performing for your employees and for your clients. Yeah, so great, great
1: point. Um, we're all stressed no matter what like what type of business we run what we do day to day, just like the nature of life is like, we're trying to cram in all these things. in, you know, the the amount of time that we have in a day. And for me personally, how I manage stress is I try to start my day in a way that's going to start me off in a relaxed state. So I like, I read, I do devotionals. I do journaling in a sense of sometimes it's like sitting down physically writing. Sometimes it's um, like a, Writing what I think about when I, of what I've read or what podcasts I've listened to in the morning. But I start my day in a way that helps. Like it's not scrolling through social media. It's not automatically automatically jumping into work. It's doing something that I know that I want that that feels like me- uh, benefits my mental space. So for me, that sometimes is um, sitting and stretching for the first ten minutes of the day, or just sitting down and enjoying my cup of coffee in silence, or taking my pups on a walk. But I feel like setting that tone for the day in a like a relaxing way gives me the the capacity to I already know I'm walking into ten to twelve sessions a day every day. Um I have a busy schedule. I'm on time, you know on the hour, every hour. So in order for me to operate the best to help people and not create a stressful environment for the clients I work with, I need to operate in a way that is structured, routine consistent. What allows me to do that is meal prepping um, setting up scheduled times for myself to work out. Um, and then also I recently hired some people to help take over the increase in workload because I can't be here 15 hours a day. And I've hired another new fit practitioner who's going to take over evening sessions, who's getting certified right now. And then also another trainer who's going to take on my evening sessions of clients who don't use the new fit. And so, um, it's finding ways to pivot when you're stressed so that you can have the quality of life that you want. That's the number one thing. And if it's something's not serving you anymore, then maybe you need to find a way to pivot to where you feel like you're your best version of yourself. And something that's creating stress in your life doesn't always have to be there.
0: That's absolutely phenomenal. And it's like I heard outsourcing, right? I love comparing like business skills to our health skills, right? They are, are they're, just such like a collaboration of skill and correlation, if we can leverage them appropriately, you know that you needed to, you know, outsource to bring on more for your business to help reduce your stress, your morning routine. I'm a big advocate. And I know there's like so much out there that says like, Oh, don't have a morning routine, have the morning routine, be restrictive, don't do this. I am a huge believer in a morning routine and it doesn't have to be like rigid, like this minute to this minute to this minute, but there are, there are things that you do that set you in such a good, positive, empowered mental state to start your day. If you start your day full of defeat with comparison on social media or without breakfast or, you know, hitting snooze five times and then racing with the kids out of the house, how is that setting you up to be in a high performance setting for the rest of your day? So the morning routine and the way that you are doing it. And I love that you said, that's how I show up best for my clients.
1: Yeah. I mean, in like outsourcing, like I, for me, I loved meal prepping in the past, right? But now I just don't have time. So I hire a company that preps my food for me. Um, So so there's similar things like that. There's conveniences that I can do that makes my life simpler. Um, Sometimes I, I, if it's a little bit more expensive than prepping food on my own would be, it's worth every penny because it, it buys back my time.
0: Uh, Did we all hear that, right? From a business perspective, we don't have to be the ones that do it all. Being able to bring on team and whether it's like an employee, a contractor, or just a company, right? To come and do that. I talk about this all the time because even like outsourcing things at home, like laundry, house cleaning, uh, the meal prepping, like you mentioned, grocery shopping, Instacart, like these things will help free up time so that you can focus on yourself. Uh, so often we we just pile it up on ourselves and we don't have to, but it's it's one seeing the correlation between the two and releasing the control, right? We don't have to control everything or try to yeah. control.
1: So true and I am like the the person who used to be the utmost control freak and I'm like if I'm not doing it if it's not done this way and I like it it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And once I've released that It's like, okay, it may not be done the way that I wanted it done, but as it gets done, is it still like, like it's done well, but it's probably I would have done things differently. And that's okay too. Like I had to release some control of things because they're still done appropriately. It's just probably a different way than I would have done it, which is fine. Done
0: is done, right? At the end of the day, it's (laughs) like, okay, you took longer than me, but whatever, it's done. Like, and I I think that, that um, just leaves you so empowered to be like, okay, we're good. We're good. Yes. you know, now switching gears real quick, because I do want to touch on this. Um, and those of you that are still hanging with us through this episode, I love it because we're going to talk about a couple more things. And then actually, Ashley has, um, something free for everybody that we'll put in the show notes. But before I get there, I just wanted to touch on hormones because you brought up hormones a few times and this was obviously during your prep. But then when you finished your prep, um, I work with a naturopathic doctor. I my hormones are monitored often, and changes are made accordingly. Um, but so many people think like, "Oh, I can just you know my my PCP will just run a quick hormone panel, and I'm I'm good. Everything's good, right?" Mm-hmm. Talk about hormones and and really how your hormones have helped you perform better for your business.
1: Yeah, so I used to wake up in the morning and literally feel like I would sleep eight to ten hours, and I didn't feel like I got any sleep. Uh, just because my hormone levels were off. Right. And I was over exercising, under eating and for too long periods of times. So I went into it as something's wrong. I need to do blood work to figure out why my body's not operating the way it's supposed to. Like, it's like putting the wrong fuel in your car. If there's something that it's not operating the way it's supposed to, we should know what that is so that we can optimize like, or we can run as efficiently as possible. If you're not losing weight, Maybe do a blood panel and work with a hormone specialist, someone who who works with hormones specifically, so that you can figure out, okay, the reason I'm not losing weight is because this, this, and this is off. It's not because I'm not dieting and not because I'm not doing cardio or working out. There's so many reasons, or it could be you're too stressed. I mean, I always try to approach weight loss or life in general. if like something feels off, get it checked. You're only benefiting yourself because no one wants to live every day
0: pulling a truck uphill. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And you shared how it felt when you knew something was off and you went and got your hormones checked. How did you once it got regulated, how like how extreme of a difference did you notice in your overall like energy?
1: I was like the energizer bunny. I was like, oh my gosh, I can do so much more in the day. I'm more efficient, I'm more productive. It's like, okay, what can I do more of? And like if the life that I live now, like and I actually luckily except for my thyroid medication i'm off all trt all the oral supplementation um and it was a lifestyle change that i needed to make i needed to stop prepping i need to stop doing tons of cardio and stop doing the over over dieting and then my life everything balanced out um minus thyroid but i think that's genetic too um and then it could be from some damage from competing but everything seems to be functioning just like it should and that's how most of us should feel on a daily we shouldn't feel like I slept. Why do I feel tired in the morning? And that can be as simple as you're not eating the right nutrients. You're,
0: you know, you're having nutrient deficiencies, or there could be issues with your hormones. And that's what I love. How you just summed it up right there is that it's not our, like just one or the other. Like there are multiple things that we need to look at. And by me talking and bringing up hormones, I, I definitely urge our listeners, like. If you've been struggling with weight loss or healthy, it's not just like, Oh, my hormones are it. That is it. I'm going to take these pills and here we go. That is not it. It is a combination of everything that you are doing from mindset to nutrition, exercise, hormones, all of it. So, um, I just wanted to bring that up because that's a topic that I think does get overlooked and maybe we don't think about it right away, you know, and when we're living in that constant diet restrictive, Lifestyle, high stress at work, high stress with family. There are some major overhauls that need to happen. So true. Now, what would you say for our listeners as we close up here? What are like one to two takeaways that you would like to leave them with for someone that's like really resonating with the ups and downs and they want to get started?
1: So, my number one takeaways would be find an approach that's sustainable and creates the quality of life that you want if doing hours a cardio day is something you can't maintain you shouldn't be doing it uh if doing a 1200 calorie diet or keto or low carb or you know high like if if that's not sustainable for you long term that shouldn't be the approach that you follow long term fitness needs to be a part of your lifestyle not your lifestyle if that makes sense it needs to be a part of your every day if it doesn't fit into your family life your work life what you do for the majority of what makes you feel and function your best, then you need to find an approach that's going to fit into that versus like when I was competing, competing was my life.
0: Then you'll have sustainability. I love that. I love that. Such a great takeaway. Now, just so all of our listeners know, Ashley, what's the best way for people to follow you? Is it Instagram? Instagram? Yeah. Fit Fab Ash uh, on Instagram.
1: And then... I'm really only active on Instagram, but I have a Facebook and I have a TikTok, but like I'm working on those, you guys. So
0: (laughs) we all are. I'm working on creating time for that. (laughs) (laughs) We all are. I get it. No, I get it 100%. I think everyone can resonate with that. I will also link everything in the show notes so that you can absolutely follow along with Ashley. And she has been so gracious to offer a free macro ebook to all of our listeners that I will link in the show notes so that you guys can um, absolutely download that. And then if you have questions, make sure that you reach out to Ashley on Instagram and connect with her. And we are just I'm just so thrilled that we were able to do this today. So thank you so much for bringing your story and sharing it so authentically, so that you can see the journey that you've on that you're on and where we see you going. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been a blast. Awesome. Well, again, thank you all for joining us today. And make sure that you're tuning in twice a week for more of the Business of Being Healthy podcast.